The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, November 14th, 2021. And thanks for joining us for the Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Let's give them some thank you applause. Let's do this. There we go. All righty. And also special thanks to one of our regulars who is in the chat with us, Joan. Thank you for coming out tonight as well. Always appreciated, especially because I know that not all of the shows appeal to you equally. So this is a favor, and I get that. And thank you. So as usual, tonight's show contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from anything that came out of AMC official promo materials. So typically we start this show about a half hour before the new episode of whatever Walking Dead show is on this week uh, airs live each week and we'll have recap from the previous episode and discussion about what is to come tonight at 9 p.m. we'll go dark or mute we'll watch the new episode together and then rate the episode between 1 to 10 1 being I'm gonna yark and 10 being yes please I want to watch this forever and ever and we'll also give you commentary during the commercial breaks and We'll give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the casting crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. So please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. All right, guys. Welcome to Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Fear will run the usual front eight episodes up to December 5th and go on break until 2022. After tonight, we have three episodes left until that break. World Beyond Season 2 will concurrently run after this at 10 p.m., also until December 5th with the front half of Fear. And then when that happens, that will be the conclusion of that series. Talking Dead at 11 p.m. will resume on November 28th, Thanksgiving Sunday. The penultimate episode. I'm going to run away from Joan now because she she cringes every time I say that. (laughs) All right. So uh, I have a whole bunch of stuff on the new shows. There are 10 of them, kind of. Well, okay, there's not 10 new ones, but we have three. And so four through 10. But I've told you guys about this for weeks, so I'm not going to read it right now. If anybody needs info on these projects, please let me know. Write to the page. Message me personally. Uh, call me on while the show is on. Uh, come to the chat room and ask me, um, and I will let you know what I know. Basically, the only thing in concrete that you really need to be aware of is that Walking Dead Classic will resume on February 20th. Whatever, I, I'm checking my calendar real quick to make sure I have the correct date for that weekend. Which, I, oh, <laughs> this will be funny. Um, notice that my birthday is on Saturday next year. I, not, I have no idea what I would even do about that. But at any rate, the 20th is a Sunday. So um, we'll get Walking Dead Classic back then. I don't know when fear resumes. And World Beyond will be ended. So call the... To speak with the host at 914-338-0314 anytime tonight, but we especially encourage you to call before 9 p.m. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you'll be screened and muted until the next commercial break where we can chat on the air. If you call before 9, we can talk more freely. That's, that's just a thing. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in our live chat room. We will be able to listen to the show real time as well as download the episode after the fact. When you go back to the link, we post that on our Facebook page. I try to post it on my social media as well. All right. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can still go back to each episode link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening, or click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page and download, 
and you can download it and prior episodes on also on iTunes, or you can just listen to them on the webpage if you want. Okay, first we'll give you info on Fear the Walking Dead, and then after that's over, info on World Beyond. So I'll get to that maybe around 940 ballpark roughly. Tonight's Fear episode is entitled Till Death. Official AMC synopsis is, with a code to guide them, and by this they mean moral code, not code like in World Beyond. Uh, Dwight and Sherry become ethical outlaws known as the Dark Horses. When Strand recruits them for a search and rescue mission, it forces them to question their code and their future. And additional synopses, which we usually do, I have the first of three up so that we can talk about it. I'm going to check in the chat room, see if Joan has anything to say. She's uh, <laughs> She says she's made peace with penultimate. It's still pretty funny, though. Yes. And and to be honest, I think it's pretty funny, and that's part of the reason I do it. I really hadn't used that word as much as I did since I started this show. I, and Joan says uh, she's very good at looking up stuff for me and helping me out while we're on the air live. Uh, tonight's schedule looks like Fear starts at 9, World Beyond starts at 10.08, and then a reprise of Fear at 10.14. So slightly extended episodes for both shows. And no Talking Dead until later. Not until Thanksgiving Sunday. Okay, thank you for that very much, Joan. All right, let's go to our additional synopsis number one. And that is from bleedingcool.com. And it says, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 5, Images, Dwight and Sherry Face Crossroads. And this was written by Ray Fluke, who is... BleedingCool.com's resident Walking Dead expert. Okay. After this weekend's episode of Walking Dead, check out our review here. They have a link. Um, offered an impressive showcase for Mo Collins, Sarah. And they're referring to last week's episode when they say this part. Um, offered an impressive showcase for Mo Collins, Sarah, and a well-executed introduction to Demetrius Gross's Josiah, who better be returning sooner rather than later. This week's episode, Till Death, already has our eyebrow arching over what to expect. First, we get to catch up on how things are going with Dwight and Sarah. I don't know why they said Sarah. That can't be right. Surely they mean Sherry. Because the actress in the parentheses is Christine Evangelista. So, Raymond, you made a boo-boo on your review. It's not Sarah there. As our, quote, dark horses take on a retrieval mission... That will have them questioning everything. Along with that, we have Aisha Tyler from Archer, who has been directing a few episodes, um, taking some time out from behind the camera to guest star as Mickey, who clearly plays a major role in Dwight and Sherry's mission and problems. And if that wasn't good enough, we also have Lenny James going from in front of the camera to the other direction to help this chapter. So he's directing tonight. So with all of that in mind, let's hear some preview images, uh, some of which I've put up in the slideshow for this episode. Um, there's a little bit more chatting down past the picture, so let me scroll down. Um, okay, no, there, there's not really any more talking. It's just naming all the people in there. So let me go to uh, additional synopsis number two, also from Bleeding Cool. Give me just a moment. My mouse is being a little stupid. And I don't know if it's, it's not the battery because I changed it last week. May just be getting time for a new mouse. We'll see. Okay. So the second one, also from Bleeding Cool, is Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond promos shared. I'm going to double check the chat room before I get too far. Joan hasn't added anything else. We do have Crush the System in the chat room. I don't know you, but how you doing? And welcome. We are about to go to an extended synopsis for uh, Fear and World Beyond tonight. So you're just in time for that. This one is also from BleedingCool.com, also by Ray Fluke, who hopefully didn't know he messed it up again. He keeps saying Sarah as Christine Evangelista, and it's Sherry. Ray, it's Sherry. Okay. With only 48 hours to go until Fear and Walking Dead Beyond return for new chapters, this was written on November 12th when he said this, uh, AMC has released the teaser promos for both episodes. First, we get to catch up on how things are going with Dwight and Sherry. He says Sarah. I'm ignoring it. Um, and then Aisha Tyler, the same things he said before uh, just a minute ago. And while in Walking Dead World Beyond, Blood and Lies finds Pollyanna McIntosh's warrant officer, Jadis Stokes, 
we made quite a bit of business about the last name she's adopted because it wasn't her real last name. It's because she was involved with Gabriel before she left. Um, so she is willing to move heaven and earth to retrieve something valuable that's gone missing. Meanwhile, the divide grows between Iris and Hope over how to proceed, and we can't shake this bad feeling we have about Lila's immediate future long-term prospects with, within CRM, especially with the experiments with her colleague. Um, then they have clips of the promos, which I can't really sh show you because they're video. Um, that's Okay, that's really about it for that one. I'm going to check in the chat room, see if we have any commentary. We do not, so I'm going to go straight on to the third synopsis that I grabbed for you guys. And, and this one actually is not quite so much a synopsis. It's a little bit of a focus piece from UndeadWalking.com, which is a subsidiary of fan-sided at uh, comicbook.com. And it's about Aisha Tyler, who plays Mickey on Fear tonight. So let me pull that up. Give me just a hot second here. All right. So Undead Walking, fan-sided, comicbook.com. Aisha Tyler plays Mickey in Fear the Walking Dead. This is by Renee Hanson. And I, Cameron Bolomono didn't do this one, which is very shocking. But, okay. Renee says, Fear the Walking Dead is going strong in its seventh season. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> we have been introduced to a few new characters, and in this week's episode, Till Death, we will meet Mickey, who Aisha Tyler plays. This season has been anthology-type episodes that some have criticized. I, I have not been one of them. I actually am glad that they're doing that. Um, but it has been a great way to see how the characters are acclimating to the extreme landscape and atmospheric changes after the nuclear bomb explosion. One huge change has been Strand sitting pretty in his tower as he recruits more people to his side. He is hell-bent on proving he is a better man than Morgan by creating and sustaining a community. In the fifth episode of Season 7, the primary focus is on Dwight and Sherry, but we do meet some new characters in this episode. One notable character is actually played by Mo Collins' real-life husband, Alan Scooby, and not like the Scoobies in Buffy. It's S-K-U-B-Y. I won't spoil anything here, Renee says, but he does an outstanding job with this character in this episode. Another character fans have been waiting to meet is Mickey, which Aisha Tyler plays. She's been part of the Walking Dead family as a director and will now step into an acting role. And Tyler has directed episodes both for Fear and Walking Dead World Beyond. Her directorial debut in the Walking Dead universe was the episode JD from season six of Fear. This is where June stumbles onto her father-in-law and so forth. That was her first one. Uh, she has directed two episodes in World Beyond second season, which were Exit Wounds and Family is a Four-Letter Word. The character she plays in this week's Fear episode is named Mickey, and so far we don't know anything about her. We've only seen one quick glimpse of her in a trailer, and she's having a gunfight with someone. And she really looks pretty badass. In the photo to the right, which again is in the carousel in the chat room, uh, she's in a surrender pose, so it'll be interesting to see who she meets and what's going on in the next scene. And that is it for synopses. Um, Crush's system is still with us. I'm actually kind of surprised. We don't get a lot of visitors that stay. A lot of people wander through. And I'm happy to have you. That's not, that's not a diss. Okay, so that is the end of that article. Let's go further down to my notes. Uh, writers and directors profiles. Okay, so... Tonight's episode of Fear was written by Ashley Cardiff and Justin Boyd and directed by Lenny James. So here are profiles. Ashley Cardiff is a writer from North Carolina. As a strange child, she wrote a 600-page quest fantasy novel about a dragon planet, built an Ewok to scale out of chicken wire, and taught herself to play an entire level of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 blindfolded using the music as cues. People often say that makes sense when she tells them she homeschooled. After a few glorious years working at an indie comic book store, Cardiff attended St. John's College, where she added translating ancient Greek to an already dubious skill set. Upon obtaining a complicated sounding degree that amounts to reads books and talks about them, that's a quote from her, so I'm not ragging on her. Um, she worked at New York's beloved science fiction and fantasy imprint, Tor, Slash Forge before moving to L.A. to become a screenwriter. In a 2013 Rumpus interview, they mentioned her first book, Night Terrors, colon, Sex, Dating, Puberty, and Other Alarming Things. That's the whole title of the book. 
a collection of essays and ruminations on sex and sexuality was just published, being in 2013. From 2014 to 18, she wrote for Marty Noxon of Buffy fame. Uh, her created series Girlfriends Got to Divorce as a story editor for eight episodes and written by credit for two episodes and one episode with both for a total of 11. She's currently delighted to spend her days talking about zombies and cowboys at Fear the Walking Dead. She was an executive story editor for 10 episodes of season five of Fear, one through 10 plus 16, so not episodes 11 through 15 because reasons. Uh, she was co-producer for all of season six of Fear and an executive story editor for all of season five of for Fear. <clears throat> so tonight is her fifth time writing an episode for Fear. Uh, the first one was Season 5, Episode 3, Humbug Gulch, was hers. The second was Season 5, Episode 16, the season finale, Leave What You Don't. Third was Season 6, Episode 5, Honey. And fourth was Season 6, Episode 10, Handle With Care. All right, let's check the chat room and see if anybody's got anything to add. But they do not, so let's continue the profiles. All right, uh, her co-writer tonight is Justin Boyd. He's at tweet Justin Boyd on Twitter, although he doesn't really use that feed much, but I did find it. According to Justin Boyd at academia.edu, he attended DePaul University, uh, got a degree in philosophy, and University of Texas at Dallas got a degree in arts and humanities. Justin has four writer's credits before fear, just since 2018, so he's actually fairly new to the biz. He started with horror anthology series Channel Door on Sci-Fi. Uh, the second one was Reprisal in 2019. I didn't catch the network. Third was Lincoln Rhyme Hunt for the Bone Collector. That came out in 2020. And fourth was post-apocalyptic fantasy series Sweet Tooth. Uh, he's been working on earlier this year in 2021. Justin has been a producer for Fear since season seven, episode one. So just four episodes before tonight. Aside from producing, tonight is Justin's first time writing any episodes in the Walking Dead franchise. All righty, checking the chat room again. Nothing going on, so let's continue director's profile. This is pretty long, but I haven't read it to you guys in a while because Lenny's been in front of the camera for quite some time. So Lenny James is our director tonight, and I'll read you the whole profile. So buckle up, get some popcorn. And a drink. Okay. Lenny Michael James was born in Nottingham, Nottinghamshire, England. Pardon my American pronunciation. To Afro-Trinidadian parents. Originated from Nigeria. His parents were not married and his father abandoned the family early, leaving his mother to raise himself and his brother on her own as a single parent. James's mother, Phyllis Mary James, died when he was 10. After which he and his brother, Kester, chose to live at a children's home instead of being sent to the United States to live with a relative. James remained in foster care for eight years. James was initially interested in becoming a professional rugby player. That changed when he auditioned for his first school play. He attended the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, graduating in 88. He's the main cook for his family and has professed a fondness for Caribbean cuisine. His favorite football team is Tottenham Hotspur. He lived in South London and went to school at Ernest Bevan College. <coughs> Pardon me. He has three daughters, Romy and twins, Celine and Georgia, with wife Giselle, Giselle Glassman. Pardon me. Lenny James and his wife met in youth theater when they were teenagers. She is an actress as well. The two of them tied the knot in the 80s and are still happily together. All right, James also works as a mentor to black inner city kids and says he rejects the importance people attach to fame and celebrity. Quote, boys and men in our community need to be aware of the guy who gets up every morning and goes to the job he doesn't necessarily love in order to support his family. These are the heroes that we need to celebrate, he says. End quote. All right. Um, still no comments in the chat room. Going to continue. Aside from soundtrack producer and writer's credits, James has 77 acting credits since 1988. He's best known for playing Tony Gates in Line of Duty, uh, Morgan Jones in The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, and has appeared in many films, including Snatch in 2000, Blade Runner 2049 in 2017. And among James's more notable ro roles in television is Glenn Boyle in the medical drama Critical on Sky One, 
Uh, Critical's the show, Sky One's the network, it's in the UK. On American television, he portrayed the mysterious Robert Hawkins. This is where I first saw him. Robert Hawkins in the CBS series Jericho. Cut down in its prime. I mourn the fact that series never got to finish itself. And he also played Detective Joe Geddes on the AMC television series Low Winter Sun. He also played number 147, The Driver, in the 2009 miniseries remake of the TV show The Prisoner. Actually, I've forgotten that. I got the new one on DVD, and I need to go back and look at that. More importantly to our listeners, James is best known, obviously, for being parenthetically previously after Rick and Glenn, one of whom's gone, the other presumed gone effectively for now. The earliest character introduced in the Walking Dead universe who still remains active anywhere in the plot of the franchise somewhere, though we did hop shows over to Fear, but he was, you know, on a consistent timeline. He did 54 episodes of Walking Dead Classic as Morgan from 2010 to 2018, and then an additional 53 episodes of Fear from 2018 to now before tonight's episode. So tonight's episode will be 54 of Fear, so he'll be even. He also did an episode of Fear the Walking Dead, the Althea tapes, which are webisodes. You can find them on YouTube. I have the link if you can't find it. And he did the episode Virginia's Gang, quote-unquote, and that was aired September 2019, but you can still see it. For his performance in The Walking Dead, James won the Online Film and Television Association Award for Best Guest Actor in a Drama Series in 2013. Tonight is James's second time directing anywhere in The Walking Dead franchise, the first episode being... Fear the Walking Dead, Season 6, Episode 2, Welcome to the Club. So let's give all of them some applause. Thank you guys for your work on the show. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Okay, it's trivia time. It's 8.52, so we have a little bit of time. Let's try to get through some trivia. Um, tonight's episode, Season 7, Episode 5, Till Death, is the 90th episode of Fear Ever. There are no people listed ahead of time as also starring. Co-stars include um, Aaron Spivey Sorrells playing Kevin Larson. He's the husband of Kim and father of Briga in the house with Dwight and Sherry. They came up earlier when Dwight and Sherry went to that one house. They were the people that got harassed by the cult members. Uh, Julia Barnett plays his wife, Kim, and Ella McCain plays his daughter, Briga. And I guess they're still there. Um, I wasn't really quite clear how Dwight and Sherry and all them survived that, but I guess that's what tonight's episode is about. We seem to be doing little episodic pockets of that sort of thing. Also, co-stars are Blake Blair as stalker number three. He kills three unnamed tower residents, possibly indirectly caused. Uh, the character is credited as stalker until death. And then Lexter Santana plays Eli's partner. E- Eli's... Um, the character that Alex Scooby is playing. So we don't know what kind of partner this means or what their connection is, uh, but Lexter, Lexter, and it's not Lester, it's L-E-X-T-E-R. More power to him, hippie parents, I don't know. <laughs> That's Eli's partner, he hasn't been given a name yet. Uncredited, nobody is listed. Trivia, first appearance of Eli, played by Alex Scooby, and first appearance of Mickey, played by Aisha Tyler. All right, last episode trivia. It's 8.54, so we got six minutes. Let's see what we can get through. Um, all right. Last week, season seven, episode four, Breathe With Me, was the 89th episode of Fear Ever, also starring Not Listed. Co-stars were Jacob Kyle Young as Sage. He's a member of those stalkers. Those are the guys that go around and strip the walkers of everything. And Shane Andres as Guard or Stalker 2. This character is credited as Guard and Breathe With Me, but he's part of the Stalkers also. Uncredited was Wyatt as Rufus. And I'm super sad. Okay. I hope you guys are caught up because there were sad things last week, and I'm going to talk about them very quickly. I was not happy it would happen to Rufus last week. I was a very, very hurt kitty. So I don't know, Joan, I I don't know if you were on the same page. I kind of think you were, but refresh my memory. Um, Uncredited also, there was a prop playing Emile LaRue, zombified, in the box. Um, The actor was not doing that. It was a prosthetic. Okay, trivia. We have time for some. First appearance of Sage. Last appearance of Rufus. You know what? Rufus, 
Here's some applause for you, buddy. Wyatt. You did a very good job. Very happy with that. I'm sorry we won't see you anymore because I really dug that character. <laughs> um, starting with this episode, Maggie Grace, Althea, Shevchik Przgoki. Yeah, it's a very rough Polish name that I'm very bad at pronouncing. Is downgraded from starring to also starring. And this is the first time in the television universe, they wouldn't have done this in the comics, obviously, um, the entire Walking Dead TV franchise, where a main character is downgraded to a supporting character. I find that tiny bit strange because I don't consider also starring people to be supporting characters. But okay, I don't really know how it works. I have to admit, I'm more of a theater stage person. The title of the episode, Breathe With Me, refers to the phrase Josiah was using to calm Sarah down during her panic attack. This was after Sarah explained how she learned to breathe properly as an infant by watching Wendell. Daniel is shown to still be suffering from his neurological problems. It's revealed that Isabel's helicopter crashed following the events of the beginning, but everyone survived. We have not heard what happened to Isabel, though. Josiah feeds Rufus beans with Tabasco sauce on them. In the end is the beginning. Emil tells Walter that his brother puts a secret ingredient of Tabasco on his beans just before killing him. And death from last week's episode, obviously Rufus. Very, very sad. And no errors were listed. Double checking. Oh, Joan has commented, yeah, losing Rufus absolutely sucked and was absolutely unnecessary. I agree with you. I don't see a plot reason why we had to ditch Rufus. I really don't. So... And it was for a dumb mistake, too. And I'm not saying that characters don't make dumb mistakes in this universe, but just story-wise, the dumb mistake did not enlighten us to the humanness of the characters. It just sounded like Andrew and Ian were shoving something in there. <laughs> I went there. Okay. Uh, so uh, Crush, the system, is still with us. You may not be aware of the fact that we're not necessarily big fans of the showrunners for fear that had come on since season four. We're not as happy with where they've taken the show. So we pick on them a lot on here. And I'm fairly certain you're not either of them nor connected to them to tell them that I'm mad. But, you know, if you do, I am willing to negotiate this. I don't have anything to hold over their head. Nobody cares. Okay. Let's go back to our notes. It's 8.58, so we got to get to a stopping place. Um, uh, this is a good stopping place. Cast birthday this week. Since the beginning of this radio show back in, I want to say, 2013, we have never had a week where we announced birthdays. I kind of started that later on. Um, we have no birthdays to announce this week. The last ones that occurred are before tonight. And the next ones to occur are after next Sunday, so they go in next week's hopper. So let's just say happy birthday to all the people I don't have birthdays for at the end, because there's a large list of them. Happy birthday, guys. <laughs> Joan has mentioned in the chat, we're not as happy with them as putting it very mildly. Well, yes, but I have no idea who our new friend is, and so I don't want to be fully transparent quite just yet until we're better friends. All right, so it's 8.59. I'm going to go ahead and go dark, and I will see you guys at the first commercial break, and then we'll rate the show. Crush, just for your information, what we're going to do now is mute myself because the show is about to start live, and we'll watch the first segment together, and then we'll come back on here when the commercial comes on, and we'll talk about the show some more. So feel free to stick around, and we're having our little viewing party. Get yourself some drinks and some popcorn, go to the bathroom, powder your nose, all that stuff, because we're about ready to go. All right, thanks. See you guys at the next break. Okay, guys, we're already back at 9.04. It's the first commercial break. Um, Crush, if you're at the keyboard and you want to play, normally at this point in time, we will rate what we've seen so far from 1 to 10. One is like, Jesus Christ, take it out back and shoot it. And ten is, this is the best TV I've ever seen, and I want to watch it every single hour that I'm breathing. Um, yeah, kind of just not feeling this. It seems overly, it's Captain Tryhard. <laughs> 
Joan has said, uh, this is the first time this happened. I'm not super impressed with that opening. I'm going to start with a, a three. I am not going to go to a three, but I'm not going to be far behind her. I think I'm going to start with four, and we will see where this goes. I don't even know how I feel about the four. I'm very torn. But, all right, let me go back to my notes. And we did not have birthdays. There was no featured music from Breathe With Me last week. Um, They didn't identify anything, as far as I know. So there's nothing to list with that. There's a very weird Popeyes commercial on. Um, All right, so we got time to talk. I'm not going to go through unaccounted for characters. We've talked about that a bazillion times, and they don't seem to be addressing it. I really would like to know what happened to them, but... All right, Talking Dead tonight, remember that Talking Dead will not resume until the 28th, Thanksgiving Sunday. So we've got two more weeks without the services of Chris Hardwick and company, um, which I'm very sad about. Uh, Let's see. I don't know if Crush's system is actually even at the helm because they're not talking, but that's it's fine. Hang out with us. Watch TV. Um, I've got a couple of articles I can have a discussion about since I have blown through the majority of my episode information already, and I think we're going to be back in a minute. We are back. I'm going to mute, and I'll see you guys at break number two. All righty, guys. It is 9.16, and we are at break number two. There was quite a bit of... Uh, business going on between 904 and 916 but all right let's go ahead and get some scores up i'm willing to go to 425 with the conversation that just happened but it's not an enthusiastic one uh let's check on the comments in between we were trying to determine whether quote padre is the place that victor started and joan seemed to think she might have missed a reference to it i don't think you missed anything i don't think they've been clear yet and then Joan had brought up, with all the people wearing masks to protect against the radiation, nobody seems to be doing anything to protect the horses because you can't ride a dead horse. And I thought that was a really good point, although I don't know what anybody can do about it. And Sherry got a good one in on Victor with the sanctuary reference. That's definitely a Negan slam. Joan is actually willing to move up her score as well for Sherry showing some cojones. Still finding Stray to be more like a cartoon villain, though, and I agree with you. He actually kind of reminds me of – got to Google this because I haven't seen this movie in years. Give me just a hot second. Forrest Whitaker. Oh, God, what is the name of that freaking movie? Last King. Last King of Scotland. Um Idi Amin, president of Uganda. Uh, If you've ever seen the movie or if you've ever actually seen footage of Idi Amin, which I am embarrassed to admit I'm old enough to have done, um, there's a lot of mannerisms that character has that remind me very much of how Strand is acting. And it twitches me out. I'm really – I find this to be a strain. Ian and Andrew, you're being Captain Tryhard. All right, so I do have an article. I don't know that I'm going to have time to get to get it to get to it. I'm so sorry. Uh, we're still in a commercial for a minute, so I may open it up and begin. Uh, so this is also from Fansided at Undead Walking, and it says Fear the Walking Dead has another first with this death. Everybody knows is Renee Hansen. Everybody knows the Walking Dead universe is especially cruel to horses, and recently they introduced an infant walker on Fear the Walking Dead. Now, Fear has another first in the most recent episode with another death we haven't seen before. This was written six days ago, so, you know, that would have been something they hadn't seen before six days ago. Uh, we're not back yet, but we probably will be soon because they have a trailer going on. <clears throat> and there is a very nasty, ooh, There is some kind of nonsense on this page. You know what? There's a security problem on this page, so I'm not going to read that article to you. I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Um, We're not back yet, but we probably will be in a minute because it's AMC+. No? 
but soon. Okay. The Walking Dead World Beyond declassifies intel on the Soviet Republic military's growing hold, growing plan to end the zombie apocalypse. I think this is uh, a different article. Something happened. One of the advertisements on the previous article had virus in it, so I shut the whole thing down. I'm a little uh, flustered for the moment. I apologize for that. Um, a decade after the global outbreak of the zombie virus that turned the infected into the flesh-feasting undead, brilliant biochemist and geneticist Dr. Leo Bennett works towards a cure at a CRM facility in New York State. In this fight for the future, Lieutenant Colonel Elizabeth Kublek and the CRM recruit Dr. Lila Belshaw and other assets like Leo's gifted daughter, Hope, and I criticize that because both his daughters are necessary, to build an apparatus of knowledge and research to save humanity. Um, we're in a Starbucks commercial, and now we're in a Google commercial. All right, I got time. Test subject A. In a post credit scene ending Season 1, Episode 4, The Wrong End of a Telescope, Civic Republic scientist Dr. Belshaw conducts empties experiments on her zombie-bitten colleague, Dr. Stanel Abbott, played by S.J. Ovaska, who is given weekly credit for not being credited. <laughs> Strangely, they're not mentioning who plays him. Labeled, quote, TSA-402, which is test subject A-402. The reanimated Abbott is among dozens of walkers muzzled and strapped to gurneys inside the testing facility. And now we are back. I will see you guys at commercial break number three. Okay, guys, it's 9.33, and we're just at commercial break number three, which I thought was pretty weird. Um... Um, gonna go to 4.5, but I'm not even, honestly, I'm not 100% sure why. Uh, so let me go back through the comments since the last vote. Um, we were making jokes that Victor has turned into Idi Amin, and I had thought it looked like, uh, his Strand's men gave them two different horses than what they came in on. Uh, and Joan has noticed the same thing. It did look like two different horses. She's not sure why, but then that happens with the show. Well, you know, the other horses were kind of used to them, and giving them two different horses on purpose really seems kind of queer. So I don't know what to make of that. I I can only assume that it was Either the people in charge of the horses didn't catch it, or it's a plot device, but I don't see any evidence that it's a plot device, so I don't know what to do with that. Um, I think Strand's dude came and killed um, i got to go up here and look up their name, yeah. Kim, Briga, and uh, Kevin to force their hand. Now, of course, that means Strand knows exactly where they were living and could just come in there and start screwing around. I don't know what to do with that part. All right, let's go back to the article that is on CRM's plan. And, okay, we read about the post credit scene. Uh, Civic Republic scientist Dr. Belshaw conducts empty experiments on her zombie-bitten colleague, Dr. Samuel Abbott, labeled TSA-402. The reanimated Abbott is among dozens of walkers muzzled and strapped to gurneys in the testing facility. Belshaw records her notes into a voice recorder. Test subject displayed no detectable responses to psychological stimuli. Necrotic plasma and brain fluid are being drawn for further testing. Results to be compared to tests performed during and immediately following reanimation. Tomorrow we'll begin the climate variation tests as scheduled. All right, and their Amazon original series, The Wheel of Time, starting on the 19th, whatever that is. And we're at another commercial, so I'm going to keep going. Um, let's see. Decontamination. In Season 2, Episode 2, Foothold, uh, CRM prisoner Silas is remanded by to a decontamination center miles away from the research facility where Belshaw works with Bennett. He's put to work with decon crew Webb, Tiga, and Grady, who use modified catch poles called kill sticks to do their dirty work. The decontamination center lures the dead lures them in with lights and music before blowing them up and cleaning up the remains, chucking the blasted body parts away off-site. 
Mechanic Dennis reveals the decontamination center is the first of its kind. Now there are six larger decontamination centers across New York State, converted stadiums and arenas, each operated by trained military personnel. Um, we're still in the commercial. Um, they're, quote, playing a role in an experiment in mass culling, explains Dennis. And if the modeling's right, we can clear out the state while the measures keep coming more from coming in. We can gain a foothold. We can start to bring back what this place had in energy, agriculture, commerce. This this is a training ground for that. All right. Um, not sure what story this is. One story, six chapters. Doctor Who Flux starting next Sunday at 8 p.m. on BBC. Uh, AMC has a Nick Cage movie it's trailing. Eradicating Empties. On a tour of the CR research facility where Hope is reunited with her father and consequence, uh, Belshaw reveals the campus was once a government-funded educational research lab before the fall. The lower levels of where the bright minds of the Civic Republic are laying the foundation to one day find why the world turned. Prisoners of the Ghost Land. That's the Nick Cage thing. And now we're back. I'll see you guys at commercial break number four, I believe. Okay, guys, it's 9.47. I think we're at break number five. I honestly have lost track, but that happens to me a lot. I'm going to go 4.75 just for Sherry and Mickey, but... You know, I uh, it it honestly isn't quite that the episode is bad, but it's just not freaking compelling. All right, there's my score in the chat. Um, Joan has said she's gonna go to four. Sherry just left Dwight high and dry without a horse too. Yes, apparently it wasn't strands. People, we're all corrected. Yeah, Joan's now at a four point five, so we're a little closer in score, but. Honestly, I think we're both still aggravated with the whole thing. All right, let me go ahead through my rest of the article. Um, Finding a cure is more about pinpointing what what inside us makes us turn, whether it be fungal, bacterial, viral, or something else entirely, Belshaw says. But it's also about finding a way to get rid of the ones who have already turned. By investigating and hopefully discovering what keeps the dead animated, what inside them slows their decomposition rates and feeds their appetite, We hope to one day turn off those triggers, eliminating the dead as a threat and eradicating them from the earth. Uh, Biorecorders. I have a feeling that some of this stuff I've read to you guys in other articles. This all looks very familiar from stuff I've said previously. So you know what? I'm going to actually let this article go. And let's talk about the rest of fear. We have three episodes left until the mid-season finale. So episode 91 slash 6, Reclamation, written by Alex Delilah and Kalia Stallworth. Director is Billy Woodruff. That's the 21st. Uh, 92 slash 7 is The Portrait. Uh, Writers Nick Bernadoni and director is Heather Capiello from a couple weeks ago. That's the 28th, and we'll also have uh, Talking Dead back then. And 93-8 is Padre. Uh, writers are Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg, Cy. And director is Satro. That's December 5th. And then we'll go on hiatus until some point in time in 2022. I'm not sure because Walking Dead Classic comes back first. Um, we're still in a commercial, so I'm going to go ahead and start giving you a little bit of info on World Beyond because we won't have a break in between. So tonight's World Beyond episode is going to be entitled Blood and Lies, and the official AMC synopsis is a member of the group, who I have figured out through promotions as Silas, becomes a target of an investigation. While some grow further apart, others begin to grow closer. And we have three episodes left of that series until the series finale on December 5th as well. And I have an additional synopsis article that I'm trying to pull up for you guys, but having mouse problems, so forgive me while I get that copied down and paste it in here. All right. Let's all paste. There we go. 
And there's a TV show that I don't really understand that we're having a promo for. Mayor of Kingstown, new series. Oh, that would be why I don't understand it. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. And Popeye's again with the sexy people and the spices. Okay. Walking Dead World Beyond. Jadis Once Answers Now. On November 8th by Ray Fluke. This is from BleedingCool.com. Let's see what he's got to say here. Just when it looked like there was some semblance of a plan coming together, Pollyanna McIntosh's warrant officer, Jada Stokes, makes her official debut. And while she may be tight with Jennifer slash Hawk, she's making clear that she's there to do a security audit to weed out those not faithful to CRM's vision. Um, just looking to see where we are commercial-wise. And if Jennifer ends up being one of them, so be it. Of course, with Jadis re-entering the Walking Dead universe scene means that it's time to start tracking what this might mean for the upcoming big screen Rick, Rick Grimes films. And while this past episode of AMC's Walking Dead World Beyond included Jadis making some 10-ton references to her Walking Dead past, this week's episode Blood and Lies looks to start weaving those threads forward as the spinoff series nears its end, and this inescapable feeling of the finale will have some kind of handoff to the films in some way. And we are back. I will read the rest of you guys at break number six. Okay, guys, 9.57. We do have maybe about eight or nine minutes technically until we get into World Beyond. Yeah. Joan's standing by her previous comment about endless bullets because I'm fussing the endless ammo. But I've got to tell you, I'm willing to go up to a five only because of the interaction with Dwight and Sherry and um, Mickey. I, I find it amusing and somewhat refreshing. Jonah's staying at 425. That was too hokey for a higher score. I think some of the stuff earlier was much more hokey than I found that scene, but I can understand where you're coming from. It's all good. All right, let's go back to the article. And I have a bunch of pictures. They got done talking. Let me see. There's much more to say past the pictures. There might not be. Yeah, no, there's really not. Okay. That's all fine. Uh, let's go ahead and keep talking what we can shove in. Uh, tonight's episode of World Beyond, coming up very soon, was written by Sinead Daly and directed by Lily. I don't know how to say this. It's M-A-R-I-Y-E. So it could be Mary. It could be Marye. Marye. I, I really don't know. Um, if you happen to find... A recording of her saying her name or something. I would like to say it correctly. Um, I'm going to try to shove a bio in here. Sinead Daly, the writer of tonight's uh, World Beyond episode, is a writer and producer known for Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency in 2016, uh, World Beyond, and Get Down in 2016. She's based out of Brooklyn. Um, Her LinkedIn says that she's been writing plays for nine years. She's a recent graduate of Yale University with a BA in Theater Studies, Focusing on playwriting. Um, We're not just a trailer for Killing Eve. Okay. There she was lucky enough to study with Don Margulis, Michael Cunningham, Michael Corey, Deb Margolin, Rachel Shankin, and Paula Vogel. She attended the Fine Arts Work Center in 2009 and the Kennedy Center Summer Intensive in 2007. Her play, Hero Collage, was in the 2010 Yale Playwrights Festival. A new short play, A Subsurface Moon, had a reading at Horizon Theater's New South Young Playwrights Festival in 2010, June 2010. She was recently accepted by Bizarre Productions' Early Stages New Play Development Program, which she will attend this August. I don't know if that meant August 2021. Um, She had her New York City debut in the New York NYC International French Festival in August 2010. She has since had her plays performed at 80 Bar, Ars Nova's Ant Fest, and the Planet Connections Theater Festivity. Specialties are efficient French skills, line editing, and photography, both film and digital. She attended Yale University and got a BA in Theater Studies in 2010. Her activities and societies included Yale Drama Coalition, Yale Women's Water Polo Team. That's an interesting combination. She's a member of Writers Guild of America East. Sinead has three acting credits, including an episode of NYPD Blue back in 2004. She has two producer's credits for TV series Dirty John 2018 and 19, 
and producer for Walking Dead World Beyond during season one, but not season two. She has seven writer's credits, including World Beyond. Her first was Blue Bloods 2014. She also wrote several episodes of Get Down 2016 and Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency in 17. Writing tonight's episode is her second work anywhere in the Walking Dead franchise, the first being World Beyond Season 1, Episode 4, Wrong End of a Telescope. So she was a writer when the other doctor was, you know, uh, work experimenting on her colleague, let's just say. Okay, we have an ad for Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, November 24th. Um, we have a promo coming up for World Beyond, and it's just a, a little ad here. Um, I have Lily's pro, uh, bio, but I'm not sure we have time to get into it. I think we're going to be back in just a second. I'm actually stalling to make sure. Yes, we are. See you guys at the end. <clears throat> okay, guys, it's 1013, and we are on our first commercial break. I'm starting with a four. Jones coming out with a five. That's been kind of interesting on our scores tonight. Um... I don't think there's any comments from the previous show that I needed to say that I didn't get to already. Um, the article is done. Let's go ahead and go back to Lily's profile. So our director tonight, Lily, Lily Marier, born in Las Vegas, Nevada, is Lily Hamamura. She has a BA in theater arts from UCLA. She's married to Grammy-nominated Concord recording artist Boney James, James Oppenheim. Lives in Los Angeles with her husband, who is a saxophonist, recording artist for Concord Records. Has two cats, Oliver and Emma. Although Lily is a DGA Award nominee for Just Add Magic, she may be best known for her role as Nurse Lily Jarvik on ER 94 for its entire 15-season run. An award-winning actress, dancer, singer, she was discovered by Agent Joan Scott in the L.A. stage production of Elizabeth Swando's musical, Runaways. Now a successful TV and film director, she directed The Walking Dead, Walking Dead World Beyond, The Terror Infamy, Prodigal Son, Council of Dads, Stumptown, NCIS Los Angeles, Chicago PD, Criminal Minds, Nashville, and Partner Track after her feature film debut, Model Minority. And we're still in commercial. Alrighty, she's active at the DGA, appointed by President Tommy Schlamm, S-C-H-L-A-M-M-E, I don't know if it's Schlamme, to the DGA PAC Leadership Council and the Special Projects Committee, as well as being elected twice as co-chair of the DGA Asian American Committee. Was named Filmmaker of the Year 2000 from the National Organization of Women at their annual conference in 2000. In 2014, she has an uncredited small role in an episode of Teen Wolf. She has two producer's credits and two writer's credits, both for Model Minority in 2016, where she was also director and writer, and the Shangri-La Cafe back in 2000, also director and writer. All right, we are back. I'll read you the rest at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 1023, and we are at break number two. Joan is at 5.5, and I'm at 4.5. This is interesting reversal. Um, she has mentioned, and I agree, not much action, but at least the story is consistent with the show. Yes, there's a little bit of action and tension, but I kind of feel like they're spending too much time on parts that don't matter and not enough time on parts that do. But it is getting better, and I'm kind of enjoying new Jadis. I find all this amusing. And it makes the character much more fascinating. She used to irritate me with the garbage pail kid shit. So this is definitely a more interesting side of her. All right, let's go back to the director's profile. Um, okay, so I, I, the producer's credits and writer's credits. Um, she was on the cover of Total Health Magazine in the United States, April 2006, Volume 28, Issue 1. She has 20 director's credits since 2000, including episodes of Criminal Minds, NCIS Los Angeles, and the MacGyver Reboot 2020, among others, and obviously uh, Walking Dead. She has 41 actor's credits since 1982, so she's actually primarily an actor. Um, Starting with an episode of Lou Grant back in 82, and including shows such as Fame, Knott's Landing, 
Family Ties, Remington Steel, St. Elsewhere. This is like a whole snapshot of my young adulthood. The Magical World of Disney, Murphy Brown, Jake and the Fat Man, Who's the Boss, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, ER, for which he's most known, and General Hospital, and many, many more. And she is also going to be directing upcoming Walking Dead World Beyond, episode season two, episode eight, Returning Point, as well as Walking Dead Classics, season 11, episode 15, penultimate in 2022, when it does return. All right, we're still on a Checkers commercial, which is strange. I didn't know we were in Checkers Market, but I guess there's one in Frederick. All right, trivia. Season 2, Episode 7, Blood and Lies, 17th episode of World Beyond Ever. No co-stars are named. Uncredited is still S.J. Ovaska as Samuel Abbott, test subject A402. I've read you all the stuff about him. He's um, Lila was his colleague, and he got bit, and she's been experimenting on him. He's the guy with the beard that's always a... Uh, strapped up in the other room There are no deaths mentioned yet Obviously because that would be a spoiler Last episode trivia Season 2 episode 6 Who are you 16th episode of Wo- World Beyond Ever First appearance of Dr. Ebersol In a flashback Last appearance of Romano in a flashback As of this episode Pollyanna McIntosh Anne, Has been added to the opening credits This is the first episode Where Maximilian Ozinski Dennis is credited but does not appear and still on the commercial. Um, co-stars were Daniel Baldock as Romano. He was a resident of the campus colony until being transferred to a research facility in New York as the co-head of Dr. Leo Bennett's security detail, along with Will Campbell. Elizabeth Kublik ordered Will and Romano's execution after having asked too many questions. On the way to their execution, both men fought off the soldiers and escaped. However, Romano was shot in the back by Frank Newton, who's a lieutenant of the Civic Republic military. And we're in a Patron commercial. So Gilbert Cruz was Dr. Ebersol. Um, His role was TBA last week. And he's also going to be in Episode 8, Returning Point, next week. Pardon my hiccups. Wes Jetton plays Robin, who is a member of the Council of the Perimeter, sets Consecant. And uncredited is also S.J. Avaska as Samuel Abbott. Long explanation. Uh, Death last week. Mia Belshaw uh, confirmed Faye who was Lila's daughter who was bitten. Kevin Belshaw, who was Lila's husband, Mia bit him. Indira's husband, and Dev, who while talking to Will, Dev is suddenly shot in the head. And we are back. I'll see you guys at break number three. Okay, guys, it's 1034. Um, all right, one... To, this is break number three. Jonah's staying at 5.5. I'm going to 4.75 uh, for some of the suspense, although a lot of this we know how it's going to end. I was kind of wondering something. Jadis keeps saying something important is missing. I think that the vial being missing is a red herring to what she's saying. I think Rick is missing. And this is going to lead somehow to the plot that connects them to the movie. This is my prediction. I haven't even read this in spoilers anywhere. Like, I honestly am just thinking about this. Uh, I have no idea if there's any meat to it or not. I could be talking out of my ass, and it could just be the vial. No idea. That's okay. Let me look at my notes. Um, I told you the deaths. There was no featured music from last week's episode. Uh, Let me read you the rest of the episodes for World Beyond because I haven't done that yet. So uh, episode 18 slash 8 is Returning Point next week. Writer is Etta Gazalian. Director is, again, Lily Marier, or however her name is said. I apologize. I don't actually know. Um, Air date is the 21st. 19 slash 9, Death and the Dead, is uh, written by Aaron Martin. E-R-I-N, Martin, and Sam Reynolds, and the director is Lauren Iaconelli. That's the 28th. That is Thanksgiving weekend when we'll also have Talking Dead afterwards. Yay! And episode 20, uh, season 2, episode 10, title is The Last Light. Writers are Matt Negretti, Mike Goldsmith, and Carson Moore. 
And Lauren Iaconelli is directing again, and that is December 5th. And then that concludes whatever's going on in World Beyond. So, yeah, we're still in the commercial. Strange things. Um, let me give you other upcoming shows on NDB Media, just so you know. Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, always Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger D. Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history. Currently hosted on StreamYard. Uh, we're on Kate Jewelers. Pardon me just a moment. Sorry about that. I had a tickle in my throat and I need to get a drink, which you don't need to listen to. Um, Fandom Access Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the ingenious interviewers, Jamie, Karen, and AJ as I digest another night of TV. Um, let's see. Oh, we're still in commercial. The Rock and Roll Shrink was on last week, so we will be on the hiatus next week. Um, but in two weeks, we will have another episode, which would be on Wednesday the 24th. So right before Thanksgiving, we're going to shrink your brain a little more. All right. Are we? No, we're still in commercials. Let's keep going. Travel Itch Radio on the 18th, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Few Americans know Hungary, as well as veteran travel journalist Diane Dobry. Uh, join her on Travel Itch Radio Thursday as she talks about her travels and stay in, stays in Budapest and elsewhere in a spectacular but little-known European travel destination. Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Agent Lee ask Diane about the language, customs, Currency, cuisine, a lot of C's going on. Accommodations and transportation available to the American visitor. Um, we're still in the Nick Cage thing. What is the Nick Cage thing? I thought it was just gone in 60 seconds. Conair the Rock. I guess it's just all the Nick Cage things. <laughs> I don't know if this is like a Nick Cage festival or something. Nicholas Cage Marathon starting Friday at 4.15 p.m. And Prisoners in the Ghost Land on the 19th. I guess that's a new installment. Or are we going back now? We're back. I'll see you guys at break number four. Okay, guys, it's 1045. I think we're at break number five. Let's see where Joan is going to go with this. I am previously at 475. I'm willing to go to five for the moment just before, you know, it, plot and things going on, the action and the interaction between people. Although... Let's see, Jonah's going, she's staying at her 5.5, but we're a little closer in scores now. Um, I have read you all of my notes, so I really don't have any other notes to get into with all this. Um, I've told you the last three episodes that we're going to have, and that is a series finale that's going to be on the 5th. And I've told you about the shows on NDB Media that are coming up. Hopefully you guys will get a chance to watch them. There are probably more shows than that, but not everybody posts them up until the last minute. So there are other things you guys can check out, and I hope you do. We'll see. 10.46, we are still in a very strange commercial. Uh, Apple M1 Pro and M1 Max. I'm, I'm very confused if that was a phone or what that was. Turtles are talking about shells. I don't know what this commercial is. Oh, it's for pistachios. I've eaten those, uh, that particular brand. I mean, all right. I'm not sure what's going on. There's a Gatorade commercial that I don't really understand because I have all that stuff muted. Let's see what Joan is doing in the chat room. Joan, are you still with me? I am killing time waiting for the commercials to come back or to be over, more like. Not really sure what's going on with Hope and Iris right now and Dr. Belshaw, but they've only got three episodes left to wrap all this up. So I imagine a lot of plot devices need to start moving because they can't all be moving at exactly the same point in the episode. So that's pretty much what I figure is going on. All right. There's a moon commercial. Uh, I guess it's a phone commercial, looks like. Uh, yeah, iPhone commercial. Yeah, yawn. I'm I'm an Android person. Sorry, that's just the way that's gonna be. So, anyhow, um, oh, 
Xfinity has trailers for different spooky things. Uh, they're not all the same thing either, so I'm not sure what's up with that. What shows they are showing. Some of them look very interesting, but I haven't seen any of them. And I don't know what they are, what their deal is. Oh, that's more Wheel of Time stuff, and I don't know what that is. It's an original show, so I have no idea what all that's about. And National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, all the Christmas lights. Mbiomi? M E Mayomi. M E I O M E I O M I. Not sure what that is. That, that is really funny. No, okay, it's not that funny. It's another taco commercial. I'm, those were cute until I found out what it was and it lost something right at that point. It's not that I don't like tacos. I actually had some earlier today. Uh, Jonah said, uh, this show is running out of episodes. So, yeah, we're just thinking the same thing. Also, remember, I have 11 minutes left until the live stream is, is going to be cut off. So, I don't necessarily have the ability to stay until the very, very end of the show, at least not in, uh, no, 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 don't call anybody. (laughs) Sorry, the board was acting up because I hit something I shouldn't have. Uh, Oh, this is us back. It just looks very strange. I apologize. I will see you guys at break number six. Okay, guys, we've only got about five seconds left. It's 11 o'clock. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. I appreciate you. Good night.